Okay, our first <clears throat> our first category of symptoms in schizophrenia is delusions. Uh, basically, delusions are uh, false idea. I'm sorry, fixed ideas uh, that are untrue, where people are strongly believing some idea that's patently at odds with uh, with reality. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, to say something is a delusion uh, means more than just that the person believes something that isn't true. I mean, people believe things that aren't true all the time, uh, and that's not necessarily a sign of mental illness. Um, uh, one of the things that um, happens with delusions, though, is that delusions are of such a fixed nature uh, that they are impermeable to any kind of... Um, uh, evidence to the contrary, so that um, there seems to be no way to talk someone out of a delusion once they hold that delusion. No amount of evidence is going to sway them from that delusion. And so um, that's part of the problem here, that, um, that delusions are untrue, but they're also very uh, rigidly held uh, beliefs. Um, and the person is going to hold on to those beliefs, even in the presence of uh, evidence to the contrary. Now, we can talk about in a minute about uh, different kinds of uh, themes of delusions, but let me first give you uh, an example um, or an illustration of what I mean by the fixed nature of delusions. Um, I had a patient very uh, long time ago um, uh, when I was first training, uh, and um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, my supervisor at the time was going to be uh, handing over some cases to me, and these were folks who were being treated in essentially group home kind of situations. Uh, they were in supervised apartments with uh, with um, some uh, support staff there, twenty four hours a day. And um, you know, my job was I was going to be their psychologist, come in a few times a week and do uh, therapy with them, and also work with the. Uh, the uh, uh, staff uh, in doing behavior plans and related kind of stuff. Anyway, so when I first went to meet um, uh, some of these folks, um, my professor went with me uh, to introduce me to them um, and, you know, to hand over the cases. And uh, so one guy, <clears throat> uh, talking to him for the first time, we're sitting around his kitchen table, and um, me and the patient and my professor, and in the... Uh, course of the discussion, the patient tells me that he's got a radio that can tune in to broadcasts from the future. And what he's come up with <clears throat> is the idea that he's going to record some of the music that he hears from the future um, and sell it because nobody's ever heard this music before except for him. Uh, and so he was going to try to make money that way by selling music that actually hadn't been recorded yet. Uh, and um, he seemed to believe that this was a reasonable idea. Um, well, my professor said, you know, I'd like to see this radio that you have that can tune into broadcasts from the future. Um, and so my patient, you know, picked up a radio off the floor. It was just sitting on the floor next to the table. He put it up on the table. It was kind of a dusty old transistor radio, nothing, you know, uh, strange looking about it. My professor said, I'd like to hear this music that you say is from the future. And the patient says, okay, so he turns on the music, uh, turns on the radio, and it's tuned to some kind of um, oldies beboppy station, and uh, it's playing, I guess, what they call shag music um, around here. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> the uh, so my professor starts um, singing along. He knows these old songs. You know, he starts singing along. And, um, and he's waiting for a reaction from my patient, um, you know, to see what he says about that. And my patient looked concerned. Um, he looked like he was trying to figure it out, 
why it was that my professor knew these songs. But he didn't say anything right away, and so my professor said, um, well, you know, you say this music's from the future, but I know these songs. I know all the words to these songs. And my patient um, decided, well, that's because you're from the future, too. And he did seem to believe that. Now, <clears throat> now, okay, uh, here I was, you know, a uh, psychology student, grad student. Uh, I'm thinking, silly professor, <laughs> this is obviously a delusion. You're not going to talk about it, a delusion. You're wasting your time uh, trying to do so. Um, but maybe what my professor was really trying to do was to establish whether it really was a delusion or not. Um, and also to show me uh, that it was a delusion. Because um, if my patient had said something like, you know, that's really weird. I had never heard music like this before, and so naturally I assumed it was from the future. But um, obviously it can't be if you know this these uh, uh, songs as well. Well, then that would not be characterized as a delusion. That would still be a strange idea, and yes, the term for that is an idea, so a, first, a lesser degree of a delusion is called an idea. I'll come back to that in a minute, but, um, <clears throat> but the fact that it was impervious to any evidence to the contrary indicated that it was a delusion. Um, even when it was essentially disproved, my patient still held on to that belief, and in fact even added on to it in order to be able to uh, hold on to that belief. So, notice that delusions are about the content of what a person is thinking about. So, these have been referred to as a disturbance of the content of thought. The reason uh, I'm pointing this out is because we have another category of schizophrenia symptoms that we'll get to in a little bit that are disturbances of the form of thought. That is the format or the structure of it. Uh, essentially, that would be where a person is unable to think things through logically and systematically, in a sense, right? So that the format of their thinking is disturbed. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is a problem of what they're actually thinking about or believing, so the content of that thought. Now, on slide number six, uh, I've listed some of the different um, kinds of themes that have been described in people's delusions. Now, um, uh, and, you know, some of the more common kinds of delusions that people are liable to show uh, are listed here. Uh, for instance, we got delusions of persecution. Um, people will sometimes call these paranoid delusions. Um, but in a delusion of persecution, a person seems to believe that, or a person believes, that other people are uh, following them, or trying to hurt them, or trying to kill them, or trying to harm them, uh, or take advantage of them in some way, right? And that's the theme of the delusion. But notice that even though that's the theme of it, the the story of the delusion can be wildly different in, in different people. For example, I mean, we could have one person who has delusions of persecution where they believe that uh, the mafia has put out a hit on them, uh, on the, uh, put out a contract on their life, and that people are following them around, you know, waiting for a chance to uh, knock them off. And that could be a paranoid delusion or a delusion of persecution. On the other hand, we could also have another person who believes that um, aliens from another dimension have uh, put uh, satellites in orbit around the Earth in order to suck out your thoughts and replace them with thoughts that they want you to think. 
I mean, that could also be a delusion of persecution, but again, a very different kind of idea. So notice that um, disqualifying or classifying delusions by their theme doesn't necessarily tell you what the content is. The content can be um, uh, widely varied. Uh, let's see, delusions of reference. Um, are uh, essentially where a person believes that things are happening in the world because of them, that is, with reference to me somehow. Uh, so that, uh, you know, maybe the belief that um, the world is sending you messages in the way that things are arranged in nature, the way that those trees are arranged over there tells me that nature is trying to tell me something. Or a delusion of reference could be that... Um, it rained yesterday because I was bad. Or um, maybe the people on TV are talking directly to me, or they can see me, or they're talking about me. Um, essentially, that things happen because of me, um, uh, with reference to oneself. Uh, delusions of grandeur, also called grandiose delusions. Uh, grandiose delusions are where a person believes that they have some kind of special power or ability that nobody else has or that most people don't have. Um, this might be, you know, that they believe that they have some kind of superhuman powers, uh, that they can see the future or um, uh, talk to um, or get messages from the supernatural, um, you know, that they can speak to angels or um, something like that. I don't know. Um, uh, sometimes delusions of grandeur can also involve where a person believes that they think, where they think that they really are some uh, important or famous person from history. Uh, you know, I don't know, sometimes in movies where uh, if they go to a psychiatric hospital or something, there'll be a patient in the psychiatric hospital who believes that they are Napoleon or Moses or Jesus Christ. And, um, uh, that would be, and that does happen, you know, people do that. Um, uh, that would be an example of a delusion of grandeur. Um, my, um, my patient from a few minutes ago that I told you about who believed he could hear stuff from the future, he, that would actually be a delusion of grandeur, right? He was believing that he had this special power or ability that nobody else had. Um, let's see, um, I had a patient uh, some years ago, uh, more recently, but some years ago in my private practice, and um, he came into my office, and uh, the first time I'm meeting him, and uh, he was, um, he started, uh, he picked up a, a pad of paper from my desk and a pen, and he just started writing stuff, and um, he was very friendly and talkative, but he didn't mention at first anything about what he was writing, and so after a bit, I asked him, so what you got there, what you writing? And he says, this is my system. He says, I got a system where I always know what the lottery numbers are going to be. And so I can give people uh, lottery numbers and they can play those lottery numbers and win the lottery. Um, and, uh, and this guy was this guy was homeless and he didn't have much money at all. <laughs> and uh, this was kind of his way of paying people for favors uh, or things that they did for him. He felt like he didn't have anything else to give, but that he had this special ability to um, get numbers, to get lottery numbers um, that are going to win. Uh, he gave me the paper, and um, and essentially what he had done is just written a bunch of single digits over and over again in order, and like zero to nine, and then kind of offset the... the um, the rows. Uh, I'm not really sure where the numbers that I was supposed to play was in there, um, but um, but he he believed that um, that people would win uh, using the numbers that he gave. Um, one um, one 
thing that struck me about it too was that uh, even though he was uh, homeless and in poverty himself, he thought it would be um, wrong for him to capitalize on his um, uh, on his lottery numbers, and that um, he he figured that he shouldn't be able to use this for his own gain, um, which I thought was sort of noble in a sense uh, that he didn't want to buy lottery tickets based on that. Anyway, um, so an ex another example of a delusion of grandeur, uh, believing that you have some kind of ability that nobody else has. Uh, people can have delusions of being controlled, um, <clears throat> where, um, where you know they might believe that um, that other people are controlling their actions or controlling their uh, their immediate environment. Um, that can be you know believing that aliens are doing it, believing that um, the FBI is doing it. Uh, you know a lot of different kinds of things like that. Somatic delusions are would be where a person has um, delusional beliefs that something is physically going on with their body that's not actually happening. Um, that could be that a person a person might actually believe that they're dead, uh, or that their body is rotting, or emitting foul odors, or other things like that. Those would be um, uh, somatic delusions. Some kinds of delusional beliefs you see sometimes are thought broadcasting and thought insertion. Thought broadcasting would be the idea that other people can read my thoughts somehow, whether that is that they're broadcast over radio waves or over the internet, or just that people can look at me and know what I'm thinking. Thought insertion would be, in a sense, sort of the opposite of that, where the person would believe that um, that thoughts that they have came from somewhere else, that somebody else had inserted thoughts into their mind, and that these thoughts that I'm having are not my own. Somebody else placed them there in order to influence me. Now, there is a distinction in uh, in the DSM nomenclature between uh, bizarre and non-bizarre delusions. And um, I just want to point this out quickly because, um, because sometimes when you hear about people's delusional beliefs, uh, a lot of people will respond, well, gosh, that's bizarre. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but technically, the DSM makes a distinction between some delusions being bizarre and some non-bizarre. So just to let you know, this term bizarre does have an actual uh, prescribed meaning here in this context. And the way that the DSM-5 uses the term bizarre is that a bizarre delusion is not only one that's not happening, but one that couldn't be happening. Uh, whereas a non-bizarre delusion is something that is wrong, it's not happening, but it's within the realm of possibility, and it could be happening. So it's not outside of, you know, the history of human experience. So for example, you know, well, going back to some of my earlier examples, uh, my uh, delusion that... Um, the um, <clears throat> mafia was following me to try to kill me or something like that. Well, that's not happening, but it has happened in the world. It could happen. It's not outside of the realm of, of uh, possibility. So that would be delusional, but non-bizarre, so a non-bizarre delusion. Whereas, you know, the other example I gave of a um, person who believed that aliens from another dimension were monitoring their thoughts or whatever that example was. Um, that's bizarre, right? That's not only not happening, but come on, it really couldn't. Uh, and um, so that distinction there is sometimes made. Um, it's unclear whether that's an important distinction or not, uh, uh, whether or not uh, delusions are truly impossible or whether they're just false, uh, so bizarre or non-bizarre. Um, but um, but uh, so that's kind of um, a difference in some of the other kinds of non-schizophrenia diagnoses that we'll look at later.